welcome to this Innovation Forum podcast. I'm B. Stevenson. This year, I spoke to several farmers from across geographies and commodities to find out how climate change is impacting them already in the present day. It was a real pleasure to speak to and learn from Deborah Sayimensa, a farmer with the Asanafo Cocoa Cooperative in Ghana, Wakindia Samuel, a smallholder coffee farmer from the Bushka Integrated Area Cooperative Enterprise in Uganda, Kamudaven Satishbhai Tadavi, a smallholder cotton farmer with Cotton Connect from the Namada district in Gujarat, India, and Mohammed Muiz Bajwa, sustainability manager at South Asian Sourcing Private Limited in Pakistan. I'm delighted to be joined today by Deborah Osei-Mensa, a farmer with Osanafo Cocoa Cooperative in Ghana. Today we're going to be talking about Deborah's experience of cocoa farming in a changing climate as part of a wider Innovation Forum podcast series. So Deborah, it would be great if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your cocoa farm. My name is Deborah Osei-Mensa, a farmer, cocoa farmer from Ghana, and then also work as the operations manager for Osanafo Cooperative. It's a factory certified small producer organization based in Ghana, and we do produce cocoa. I am working on a 2.5 acres cocoa farm within the Sunafo North Municipality. I have been a farmer, I always say since birth, because my parents are farmers. But professionally, I started to be my own farmer or be uh, working on my own farm around 2015. And it's been a great experience. Of course, I'm also a factory certified farmer because I'm a member of a Sunafo cooperative. Over the time that you've been farming, how have you seen your crops and maybe your livelihood being impacted by more extreme weather patterns and obvious impacts of climate change? When you look at the agricultural sector, the farming sector, it really depends on the environment. Cocoa, for instance, thrives very well when there's a good weather condition, when there's moderate sunlight, there's moderate rainfall at a time. And so over the years, I remember when I was very young, following my parents to farm, I realized they have a proper plan because they know when it's going to rain. And it really helped them to plan the various activities on the farm. But recently, things have changed. There's excess of sunlight, there's excess of rainfall, and this is really affecting our crops when there's excess of sunlight, this results in premature ripening of fruits. So instead of the fruits that the cocoa pot to mature before it ripes, at a very small age because of the heat, it ripes. And once it happens that way, you cannot harvest it. You just have to throw it away. And then sometimes when the heat becomes too much, the soils dries up. And once the trees are not getting enough water, you realize your trees are also dying off. The leaves becomes yellow. And then eventually, if there's no rain, then the trees go off. And so when this happens, the farmer ends up losing a lot of uh, productivity. And then the other end, when there's excess rainfall, there's so much diseases because under the trees, it's very cool. There's this fungi disease, there's pests on our pores, on the trees. And they all end up reducing the quality of beans that a farmer we are supposed to get and then also reduce our productivity. Once a cocoa is about 30 years, the productivity and naturally reduce. And so the farmer will have to replant. But if you want to replant, now because of the heat, the survivor also becomes risky. It's very difficult to get 100 or sometimes even 80% of your young plant surviving. We fear the sustainability of our cocoa. It's also at risk. And then when you are talking about, we're also looking at the food security. 
if we are not able to plan new ones, if the new ones are not surviving, then in the next 20 years, those we are harvesting now will not be able to produce much. And so there, it will be difficult to also get the food that people around the world also depend on us for. So these are some of the causes and impacts we are having from the climate recently. With all of these impacts, Sarah, I mean, research has definitively shown that women are disproportionately impacted by climate change, especially in the agriculture sector as well. Have you seen women farmers being impacted more than men or differently to men at all? And what would this look like? As a woman farmer, I think I've experienced this. You know, agriculture itself is a hardworking field. It needs a lot of labor. And so when you compare the strength of a man and a woman, which is not the same, it becomes very difficult for a woman to undertake most of the activities on the farm. When we talk about weeding, sometimes you can weed, but not to the extent of a man. We talk about pruning. It's a bit difficult for women to do the pruning of themselves. And so I was calculating, realized the woman activities, they have to depend on labor. Like I talked, it should be a labor work, then a spraying of the farm, some of the maintenance, a woman will have to depend on labor and that costs a lot. But at the end of the season, the price is the same. The price is the same for a man. The price is the same for a woman. And so if you are going to calculate the profit, you realize women will have less profit because they invest more. But if a man, they are able to do most of the management practices and depend less on labor. And so at the end of it, you realize they have more money as profit. And some of uh, the machineries, Another input use on the farm is not women-friendly. It's very difficult for a woman to carry a spraying machine or a pruning machine. And so you have to hire a man labor, but men can do this. And so these are some of the difficulties women face in the industry. So always we are seen at the losing side because the little you get as a price, you have to invest more. And then you have less to take care of the house and then of yourself as well. Are you able to adapt to less predictable seasons and weather patterns in any way? And what are the best ways that you've been able to do that? As a fair trade certified producer, one of the benefits we have is the numerous trainings and guidance we get from fair trade and then also other partners and stakeholders. As a farmer, consistently we receive training on adaptive measures where we are thought to plant more trees in our cocoa farm to serve as a shade where we are advised when to spray the farm. We are advised on the various management practices to prune the farm well so that when there's excess rainfall, there's chances for air to circulate well and then the little sunlight you get to shine so that most of the diseases will not affect your plants. And so we have the trainings and that is really helping us to adapt in our own way. And then also with the premiums we receive, we are able to do a little investment into our farms. Some of the labor costs, because if 20 years back, you have to weed your farm like twice. Now you have to do more just to make sure you are ahead of any climate impact. And so with this premium received, we are able to invest. And then also we have other stakeholders coming in to also support us with adaptive practices that farmers can do to protect our crops. 
and then have enough productivity to support us. And in terms of other stakeholders, I wondered whether you had a call to action for how other actors in the supply chain, so maybe the businesses who buy your crops, can help and support you. To other buyers, what we want is for them to commit and pay in a fair price. Majority of us depends on cocoa as our major source of livelihood. And so any change in price really affects us, either negative or positive. And so I call on all actors and buyers to pay fair prices to farmers. Adapting to climate, it's very costly to do all the management practices to make sure at the end of the season, you have something to feed on. It's very expensive. And so once a farmer gets a fair price, we have that money to invest before we even look for other projects to support us. And so we calling on them to be committed, pay that fair price to a farmer, let us have that money to invest, and then also have the money to do other businesses that will support us. And then also farming is becoming risky with this climate change. And so this risk should not be given just to the farmer to face it. It should be shared with all buyers. So we are asking buyers, share the risk with us, support us mitigate this climate, support us mitigate some of the problems and risk in our production line so that at the end of it, we all share the benefits. Because if I'm able to produce quality beans, it will also help your factory produce quality products. And so we are calling on them. Let's share this risk. And then also the last thing I will talk about, there are innovations to support farmer adapt to climate. But these innovations are mostly expensive. To us, we feel because our ideas were not taken into consideration. And so they even come, sometimes it cannot be even implemented or you have to find it very difficult implementing it at the local level. And so we are calling on buyers. When you want to come up with innovation for policymakers, government, please sit with us, have a meaningful engagement with us know what is going on, know what will work within our areas so that when we come up with an activity, a machinery, or any innovation, when we bring it down to our farmer level, we can work with it and we can earn a good resource. This is what we are calling them to do, to support us all have a very good production for our families and also for businesses and consumers as well. Thank you so much, Deborah. Some very clear calls to action. Thank you for sharing your experiences and your thoughts on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And I'm here today with Wakinya Samuel, who is a smallholder farmer from Uganda. Could you possibly tell me the kinds of crops that you farm and a little bit more about yourself? My name is Wakinya Samuel. I am a smallholder farmer in Bududa district that is in Uganda. We are located in Uganda on Mount Strops of Mount Elgon. On my farm, I have coffee, bananas, beans, and two animals. I just wanted to know how your farm might have been impacted by more extreme weather patterns or events over the last few years. Really being a farmer, I would say that I am a victim of the environment, what we call the climate change. I think we are the most people who are mainly affected because we are dealing directly with farming. For example, on my farm, uh, right now, we have so many diseases. We have diseases and pests. 
which have come as a result of climate change. We have also seen that we have quality and quality production has been reduced. Yeah, what we are producing right now, they have been affected. We also have the low incomes, that is to say, increased. This one has increased the poverty. In Gududa here, because of that, we also have mudslides, floods, etc. This has been common, especially in Gududa here, where we are. As a result of this, we also have hunger, famine, food security has been tempered. Yeah, these are some of the things which are really affecting us as a farmer. Have really affected me as a farmer. Are you able to adapt to the less predictable seasons and weather patterns, or some of these issues? Have you found ways to overcome them? Actually, we don't just sit and wish, but at least we have to innovate to be innovative. And one of the things we are trying to see that we come up with this, with the solution, is for example. We are doing what we call early planning. We, you do the early planning. That is timely. You have to do timely planting. There is also promotion, like on my farm. I'm also promoting what we call agroforestry. When you talk of agroforestry, this is a small piece of land whereby you have trees, you have animals, you have people, but you are living together. So we are promoting agroforestry. That is to say we are planting. I'm planting some trees, for example, like albizia. Cordio. These are some ficus. These are some of traditional trees. I'm doing that. I told you I have a dire animal and they know what the animal does. Of course, it is also helping me to see that I can also come over this. We are also taking advice, one of the weather forecasts from the meteorology department or authority. We have them in Uganda and normally they used to give us some tips whereby I can also follow and do the right thing. We plant on my farm, we do what we call planting resistant and quick maturing plants. For example, this coffee, it is not like the coffee which my father used to grow. Resistant, we have now the resistant crops which can resist with this hot climate. There is also what we call, I am practicing what we call good agronomic practices on my farm. With this, I mean I have contours, I have trenches, I have terraces, I'm doing mulching, all these organic fertilizers. I'm also doing irrigation and insurance. These are some of the medication measures I'm putting in place. I was wondering also how you think the other actors in the supply chain, including maybe the businesses who buy your coffee or your bananas, could help to support you to continue to overcome these unpredictable patterns. Wow, you know, climate change is a collective responsibility. And for sure, we need each and everybody. Whether you are big, small, lame, black, brown, red, yellow, etc., uneducated, educated, but we need to come together to address. Everybody has a role. So my appeal, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I think my appeal now goes straight to people who are also in our value chain. I think what we need they should support us with something like grants or loans, whereby we can do what we call promoting the world. I talked of the agroforestry. These things, they need money. They need some support. If they can help us, and then we come up with agroforestry, we plant more trees, it is so beautiful. I talked of irrigation. Irrigation systems are very expensive, but if they can help us, it will be very, very interesting. Talk about training in agronomy. Eh? We need some trainings, some information. When if they can post harvest handling, 
We also need some structures, e.g. solar greenhouses. Like for example, in coffee, we are suffering with coffee. But because, you know, when it rains here, there's too much coldness. There's no way you can dry the coffee so that you can get the good quality coffee. But if our people who are in the same value chain, if they come up, they give us some of the solar, like solar greenhouses, fermentation tanks, raised tables, trays, I think we shall be very grateful. Thank you, Wikinia Samuel from Bushka Integrated Area Cooperative. It's been great to hear a bit more about the climate change impacts that you're facing and the ways in which you're adapting and hoping to adapt. Thank you. I'm delighted to be joined today by Ms. Kamudaban Satishvai Tadavi and a translation team. She is a cotton farmer from Gujarat State in India. Kamudaban, could you possibly just begin by introducing yourself and talking about the kind of farm that you work on? My name is Kamudini Ben Satish Bhai Tadvi. I'm resident of Vyadhar village in Narmada district of Gujarat. I'm a cotton farmer. I know that many parts of your country have been impacted by extreme weather patterns and very high temperatures in recent years. I was wondering how your experience of cotton farming and your livelihood have perhaps been impacted. The extreme weather patterns like rising temperature, inconsistent monsoon, high intensity rainfall in short time. So this has impacted our crop yield. Similar thing happened uh, during last year and we had experienced uh, very heavy rain in short time. Due to this, there was uh, waterlogging conditions in field and our crop was affected. Also, due to heavy rains, the soil also got uh, degraded. Similar conditions has been erratic uh, and we have been experiencing such things uh, often now. And for you, what happens if you do have a reduced yield or if the soil quality is poorer? The yield is not enough or is less. It affects our economic life. Our regular expenditures are affected. It affects the education level of our children. It also affects the animal husbandry which we do. So overall, uh, less yield is impacting their lives. Are you able to adapt to these challenges in any way? Or how might you be able to adapt to them? with the poorer soil quality or heavier rains or droughts, are there any ways that you could overcome these challenges or with support might be able to in the future? So currently I'm working, meaning I'm voluntary working as a change leader under the Women Climate Ambassador Program of Cotton Connect implemented by the Vasundara Foundation since September 22. And as a change leader, I have been part of training programs organized by Cotton Connect and Vasundara Foundation on different aspects of climate change and supplementary and providing trainings to other 30 women farmers. Uh, we are also ensuring that uh, not only uh, we give them theoretical knowledge, but we are also preparing organic manures and which the uh, women farmers, they use it in their farms. And we have seen that 20% uh, reduction in terms of input cost they have seen. Because uh, in general, if this organic manures are not used, then they used to earlier uh, use the pesticides and all. 
So instead of that, now this has improved the quality of soil also and has reduced the input cost. I also wanted to ask you, Kamidavan, how else Cotton Connect have helped you and other farmers in their program to produce maybe a more sustainable crop that might also benefit your livelihoods? I have learned the cotton crop for safe harvesting technique during the program and now we are taking care that our final product of cotton is contamination free. Uh, we store our cotton in good conditions with cover and ensuring that uh, it will reach to the ginning unit in good quality. Earlier that used to you know get affected and the cotton used to be contaminated. The local agents are buying cotton. Also, else we must earlier we used to go to the nearby ginners for sale of our cotton. From this year, we are also trying to unite all the other farmers also so that we can go for a collective sale. So collectively, a group of farmers can go and uh, we can get good price of cotton and low cost of transportation would further help us. So these inputs which have been given by Cotton Connect and Basundara Foundation are helping us as a farmer community. Thank you very much, Kamidavan, for joining me on the podcast today and sharing your experiences. I'm delighted to be speaking today to Mohammed, who works in cotton farming with South Asian Sourcing in Pakistan. Today, we're going to be speaking a bit about the impacts of climate change on farming in the area in the present day as part of a series that we're putting together at Innovation Forum on farming in a changing climate. So firstly, Mohammed, could you please just introduce yourself and go a bit further into what you do? I am Mohammed Morris Bajwa, and I'm the Sustainability Manager for South Asian Sourcing Private Limited, which is a cotton producer, a fair trade certified and organic certified cotton producer based in Pakistan. And till now, we're the largest producers in Pakistan as of right now. How has cotton farming and your livelihood, the people, the farmers that you know, how have their livelihoods been impacted by more extreme weather patterns and events and other impacts of climate change that you might have been impacted by? There are a few effects of climate change which are quite prominent in the area that we farm. Cotton is impacted by it, but not to the extent of coffee producers. So we are impacted by drought. That is one of the biggest problems that we are facing right now not other producers, but us personally, we are experiencing a lot of drought. We are having a lack of water supply because we cannot just take out the water from the ground and just irrigate our crops because that's too salty. Due to many unethical and non-professional farming practices of other farmers, that has impacted a lot of water. It is not to the quality that we wanted in order to produce organic fair trade cotton. Another problem that we are facing is salination. This is a huge problem because as the temperatures are rising, basically what salination is, it is the excess of salt in the soil. This mostly happens due to excess salt and some places they're naturally more salt. But due to the climate change, the rate of evaporation increases. So the water evaporates, the salt is left behind in the ground. That is one of the other prominent effects of climate change that we are facing right now, because due to the high temperatures, we are experiencing a lot of salination. Another one is lack of rains, which is quite normal now. 
not us, but everyone is affected by the lack of rain. Everyone in the agriculture community is affected by the lack of rain because there is not a lot of access to water. You can say the artificial access to water, but the natural one is almost not there anymore. Another problem that not me, but other producers, my other uh, fellow producers have faced this problem last year. There were huge floods last year in Pakistan, and even this year in a small area of Pakistan, there are floods that just wipes out lands, farms, houses, anything that comes in there with, all destroyed in seconds. So these were the main effects of climate change that we are facing as of right now. So the impacts of droughts and flood are, pr- are pretty obvious, but I was wondering about salination. What's the actual impact on crops with the soil being too salty? Every plant needs a specific medium to grow in. That also requires nutrients and water. That is absolute, that water is essential, along with other nutrition. They need other nutrients, for example, sodium, potassium. But when there is access of salt, there is, I do not know the biological term, but the water inside the plant cells become less than the outside one. So that is due to the access of salt. That salt takes out the water from the plant. So that is something that can also limit the growth of the plant and that can completely destroy the plant as well. If you even plant a seed, you have no certainty if that will even grow. That is what salination does to your fields. I'm wondering how you've been able to adapt to any of these challenges or all of these challenges. In a few areas of our farms, we are able to adapt. We have access to our own water. It is provided by government that is extracted from one area, then uh, you can use that all through canal system that is irrigated throughout. There is a canal system that we use in some parts of our farm, but that is not available in all parts of our farm. Previously, what people used to do was have water motors that would take water from the underground and that will bring it upwards and you can irrigate it as you like. But now the water is basically unusable. We are trying to adapt, but we are lacking support from the government in order to do so because we cannot make canals on other people's land because that is basically encroachment and that is a legal offense. We are lacking cooperation from the government. And other than that, in the few areas that we are able to get, we, we have made our own canal system so we can irrigate that part of the land. That is working pretty well. So obviously you're lacking support from the government, but is there any support that you feel that the businesses and other actors in the supply chain who buy the cotton could do to help and support you to adapt? There is one thing. If more people start buying organic and fair trade products, Obviously, the demand for these products will increase. The production will increase. Our government will recognize that this is a major part of farming organic and fair trade products. So they will give it much more importance as they are doing right now because it's a minor product right now in Pakistan. Fair trade and organic, there are not a lot of production going on in Pakistan. As this grows, As there is more demand, there is more need for it. Pakistani government, I'm sure they will recognize that this is um, important, that we provide our farmers, our shareholders, a water system so they can farm their land properly. Obviously, that will increase the GDP and all that. This is something that if more people just turn to 
Fair Trade and Organic Products. I'm sure that will solve the problem. Thank you so much, Mohammed, for sharing your experiences and your thoughts on the podcast. Thank you. We look forward to continuing to highlight farmer voices across our content and conferences in 2024. So do keep an eye out on the Innovation Forum website. But for now, I'm B. Stevenson and goodbye.